0: Hey, it's Spencer. I'll be introducing this pizza-related episode of the Paul Leslie Hour with special guest Scott Weiner. Just remember that the show is made possible through listeners and viewers like you. Go to thepaulleslie.com and click support the show. Thank you to all of you who have contributed. Now let's get into the interview.
1: Hey, Paul. How's it going? Good, good. How are you, Scott? I'm doing quite all right. Thanks. That's good. That's good. You're looking well. You are looking well also. Jimmy Buffett once wrote, and the eighth deadly sin is pizza. Pizza is one of the most beloved and consumed foods in the world. We're joined by Scott Wiener, one of the foremost aficionados, proponents, and yes, lovers of pizza. He is the namesake of Scott's Pizza Tours in New York City where you will learn about the historical, scientific, artistic, and cultural implications of pizza and eat some pizza while you're at it. You can learn more at scottspizzatours.com. I got a great glimpse into Scott's passion, and I really enjoyed the documentary. I walked away from it feeling inspired. I just felt this joy when I was watching it, and it made me realize how much I appreciated pizza. Scott is also a Guinness World Book record holder. For his staggering collection of pizza boxes. He writes a column for Pizza Today magazine and has authored a book, Viva La Pizza, The Art of the Pizza Box. I have never interviewed someone like you. I have to say that's probably because you are one of a kind. Thank you so much for joining me.
0: I don't know, Paul. I'm so delighted to be here and I've seen the list of people you've interviewed and I've watched some of them. You've interviewed some greats. I'm just a guy who likes pizza.
1: You're humble at that. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, listen, It's that, that's the beauty of the food, is that it's, it's the food for everybody. So to be a lover of pizza, you can't qualify that with saying that you're a better lover of pizza. We're just all pizza lovers. Maybe I just spend more of my time thinking about it.
1: <laughs> we all reach for a slice, yes. <laughs> well, you know, a lot of people would think that this is ridiculous of me, but when I finished watching the documentary that you're in, I sat there and I contemplated and thought about pizza for a long time before I reached out to you. And I thought about what it all means. And I would ask you, why do you think people love pizza so much? I think
0: the first
1: element is that it's the food that we all had
0: as kids. And it's kind of the easy food, the go-to. It's not complicated. And everybody has access to it. And it's affordable. And I know for me it was also the food, probably the first food that I bought with my own money. Hmm. So for me it was sort of a, it meant something more than just cuisine. It was independence. It was leaving the parents' house and meeting up with my friend in downtown suburban New Jersey town where I grew up, and you know spending a dollar and fifty cents for a slice and a large soda, and it just meant something more because it was the money that I earned from whatever like neighborhood jobs that I was picking up at the time. <laughs> so I think that I think that all those things combined, and then on top of it all, it, it, it tastes good. But yeah. it, it tasting good wouldn't matter if it was not affordable. So the fact that it's within reach, I think, really helps.
1: Why do you think pizza is so delicious? Because it's very rare that you meet somebody who says they don't like pizza. But would you say that it's kind of a perfect storm for deliciousness?
0: I would, especially (laughs) because most pizza is, well, all pizza is bread. Mm -hmm. And most pizza also has tomato and cheese. And these are things that taste so good together that, I mean, I don't care what format, what culture, what, whatever it's, you know, bread plus cheese plus tomato is not an ancient thing at all. That combination, because the tomato from Central America really comes together with the flatbreads of the Mediterranean and with the cheese that's originally derived from the milk from animals from Asia. All this stuff kind of combines and it texturally and flavor wise, I think a perfect storm is the right way to put it. But I also have to remember that not every culture has that as something that's uh, like a, a part of what they do. In fact, five or six generations ago, it would be unheard of. And then now suddenly it's just biggest food in the world.
1: Hmm. Do you think that it's possible for somebody to be objective about where they got their best slice of pizza? And what I mean is, I mean, I think about when I think about the best slice of pizza I ever had, I think about Rocco's Pizza in New Jersey. And I wonder, though, is it is it aside from the fact that it's delicious, was it maybe what I was experiencing at the time was it maybe because of the guy who, you know, had a, had so much passion behind the counter. There's so much personal things that go into it, and I, I think a lot of times people they remember the pizza parlor from when they're young, and it, to them, it's always the best.
0: It is. It's emotional. It, you can't be totally objective about the food of your childhood because <laughs> that's ignoring the most important element of it which is how you feel emotionally which relates to the people you're with and ooh, that's my dough buzzer and the people it relates to the people you're with and the situation you're in and that's why getting over an argument that's why getting into an argument over who grew up with a better pizza is useless (laughs) because you you all grew up with with access to different things and so by its own definition the Pizza that you grew up with is the definition of the food. Even if it's something that now you look back at and you think, oh, that was really garbage.
1: Hmm. Do you need to knead the dough?
0: My buzzer did just go off, so I've got to just grab this. Have at it. And uh, the, this particular dough recipe is something I've been working on, which is a a way to get deep fermentation flavor without spending two or three days fermenting your dough. And so the way that this dough works is instead of using water, I used a a can of beer. Mm -hmm.
1: So this is
0: a beer dough. And it spent 10 minutes just resting. And now I've got to give it a quick knead. And then it's going to spend about 45 minutes resting again. And then I'll chop it up, scale it out, ball it up. And then it's going to sit until I'm ready to use it, which is going to be about an hour after that. Okay. So quick, quick dough lesson.
1: (laughs) Excellent. Well, while you're doing that, I'll ask you probably questions that you, that I really wonder about, but perhaps you've answered a thousand times. Okay. Your absolute favorite topping. Sausage. I
0: just, I, I can't get past it. You know, of all the toppings, it has the most expression to it. Pepperoni to me is kind of boring because most pepperoni is the same. But sausage has so much character. You know, everybody, especially if you make your own. So is it raw? Is it cooked? Is it sliced? Is it chunked? Is it crumbles? I just think that's so much expression in sausage.
1: The best pizzeria you've ever been to. (laughs) Amongst hundreds.
0: (laughs) But this is a layered question because the best pizzeria I've ever been to. There are some places that are slice shops that I might not characterize as a, as like valid for this, just because for me, the best pizzeria I've ever been to has to do with the, not just the food. You're not asking what's the best slice of pizza you've ever had. You said the best pizzeria. So it's a combination of the food and of the feeling from just being there. So the pizzeria uh, that I grew up with is called pizza house in New Jersey. And I think that version of it from like 1995, probably probably my perfect pizzeria, but I know that that doesn't exist anymore the way that it used to. So I'll say that now there's a place in Portland, Oregon called the pizza shoals and the pizza is excellent <laughs> and it's hearty. It's not thin and fancy show off kind of fufu pizza. And the place has arcade games in it and it's sort of just, it makes you feel like, like you're focusing on the things that are important, which is not the, Oh, the, the fancy pizza. It's like really like the the situation you're in and the people you're with. I think it's, I just think that that's kind of a perfect place. I don't think I've ever given that as an answer to this question before, but right now when you ask it, that's the place that if I could be anywhere right now, that's where I'd be.
1: Scott, what do you think is the perfect beverage companion to (sighs) pizza?
0: What's on? The, tell me about the pizza.
1: Ooh, I didn't think you'd ask that. Let's say that it's a. Uh, mm, we'll give you one. There's a, a plain cheese pizza, which can sometimes be just what the doctor ordered, and perhaps another one that's more artisanal. What would okay. you pair with each?
0: For the plain cheese pizza, I'm thinking about something that's kind of herby. You know, it's, the pizza's got some oregano on it. It's kind of like a heartier sauce. I'm going with a Coke or if it's a really heavily seasoned, heavily garliced pizza, it might be a root beer. Mm. I'm going with one of those, Coke or a root beer, really cold, really cold. No ice, but really cold. Glass bottle or a can. Now, if it's a fancier pizza, is it it's a pizza margarita or like a any toppings or anything, or is it just straight up pizza margarita? <laughs>
1: Let's say it's really, this guy, he's a real chef. He's got stuff on there that you're like, wow, how did he come up with that? A little fig, interesting. A little, uh, you know. Okay, I'm going
0: Prosecco because a nice, chilled, sparkling white wine is going to keep my palate clear and awake. And even if there's a challenging topping combination, that's a beverage that I feel like works with your palate. Something with small, tiny bubbles that tickles. I'm going with a dry prosecco.
1: Very good. Now, what about this? W- what would you say has been a topping that you've you've seen on a pizza where you it just knocked you out? You thought, "Wow, that's genius."
0: Well, hot honey is an element that, when added to pizza, completely converts it. There's a company run by a friend of mine. It's called Mike's Hot Honey, and it's chili-infused honey, and when you drizzle that on a pizza, oh my goodness, it's like another dimension, Paul. Seriously, that's that's what I'm going with. Just because that's like, it, it's even invisible; like you don't see it, you right. don't feel it.
1: Interesting. There, there's a pizzeria not far from here, and they put a little honey in the dough, and <laughs> also they give you a little if you request it. They give you a little uh, ramekin of, of honey. Is it Mellow Mushroom? Uh, no, this place. Well, there was two, and they both did it. I don't know who copied who, but one was called the Monkey Barrel, and then the other one is called Atlas Pizza. Huh. And it's just
0: mm. – I just – knowing that you're right outside of Atlanta, and I'm thinking, well, Mellow Mushroom started in Atlanta. They've got honey in their dough. I thought maybe that was it. But now I've never heard of these other
1: two, so I'm going to check them out. Atlas Pizza is awesome. I'm sure they appreciate the plug, too.
0: <laughs> yeah, I got to check them out. Well, and that that's in Atlanta?
1: That's up in Gainesville, which is maybe oh. 40 minutes, you know. Okay. Worth the trip. There's the dough. Okay. I love that you can multi It gives it gives an, an, an additional dimension.
0: Oh, yeah. It's always, it's always happening around here. <laughs> now we need the, the chef to help us out here, keeping time. There we go.
1: Now, when somebody goes on Scott's Pizza Tour, Aside from just leaving with the satisfaction of a full belly and learning all this stuff, is there something that you want the people who take the tour to walk away from the experience with?
0: Yeah, I'd like people to to realize that there's a new angle to see pizza, that something that they once thought was so simple and basic and uncomplicated, I want them to realize that there's complexity to it that they didn't consider. And the reason for that is I feel like there's, we take so many things for granted. We assume we know so much about so many things. And these days with the way social media works and just the way that our social interactions work, there's a lot of emphasis being put on expertise. And that makes some of us take on sort of like a a self-assumed expertise, which is why when I started the business, I was very concerned. I never wanted it to say anything like, pizza experts or, you know, saying that I knew everything about anything. And even on the website now, we just call ourselves, our team, our pizza nerds. We're not (laughs) experts, really. So I feel like that's important is it should take us all down a peg in a for a second. And I get people on the tour all the time who say, oh, I'm from such and such famous pizza city, so I know my pizza and I'm going to be the judge of everything. And by the end of the tour, the best thing is when they say, "You know what I'm looking at this whole thing a little differently. I now understand their differences, and I understand why there are differences, and that I can respect those differences and not fear them. That's the best takeaway from the tour
1: well, when mentioning the regional differences here you're tapping into something interesting, and I like the idea of why pick a region when you can appreciate all of them, but I would like to know." which which one just if you had to for the rest of your life new york versus chicago now detroit is 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 on the horizon for a lot of people but there's other regional pizzas too we should mention which one do you think is the best
0: i think of of the famous pizza regional pizza styles if we just limit it to that as you said chicago detroit new york california we might put in there. New Haven, we'll put that in there. I really think for all those, the one that fits every day for me is that New York slice. Detroit, it's heavy. I can't get it by the slice. Chicago is either the thin crust, which to me is a little bit too crackery for me, or the deep dish that's too heavy and I can't get it by the slice. So for me, New York style is sort of hewn from the culture of the city for a reason because this city like new york city is so much based on pedestrian traffic and it's based on people moving quickly and not really spending time sitting still and i kind of like that i like that being in motion all the time and having the slice meet you in motion and not being something that forces you to be sedentary I mean, I might change my tune in 20 years, but right now I really like the ability to be able to snag it and go.
1: (laughs) So maybe there's another region, but can you tell us about another pizza out there that people should be aware of? For a regional style to, I think, be a regional style needs to have multiple
0: people making it for a longer period of time, 10, 20, 30 years at least. And um, it has to have something that's really featured from that region. Something that makes it something that would not have happened elsewhere. Like Detroit style, that has some features of the region. Even Chicago thin crust has some features of the region. But other styles that you think people should be aware of is a good question. I don't know if people are so aware of the New Jersey tomato pie, which is really a pizza, but it's the sauce is on top of the cheese. And instead of being a liquidy sauce, it's pretty chunky, roughly crushed tomato. Very similar to New Haven. New Haven style is thin and dense and crunchy cut unevenly and uh, usually has a little tiny bit of cornmeal on the bottom. Those are the the big ones that stick out to me right now.
1: Mm. Now, something that I saw in the documentary that was really a a great addition was talking about your charitable work that you you do. Tell us about that.
0: Sure. Thanks for asking about that. That's, the most important thing that I work on is, it's called Slice Out Hunger. It's a nonprofit based in New York, but we do things all around the country. And the idea is where the tour company treats food like entertainment. uh, We understand that too many people can't even imagine affording to treat food like entertainment. They're concerned enough about having food in the first place. So Slice Out Hunger is a way to take the momentum of excitement about pizza and turn it into something that's good, fundraising and awareness raising for food and security all around the country. And our organization produces events and campaigns that focus on pizza and that raise money. So maybe there'll be a, a campaign that we run across the country that's called the perfect pizza in January. Maybe in January, each pizzeria signs up with a brand new specialty pizza. And for every one of those they sell, Half of the profits go to uh, hunger relief. And then we have on our website a big map and a big list. And we do some press. And we try to get people to pay attention to that. And that's what we do all year long. We do these virtual events like that, like like um, disconnected events. Or we do live events that happen like in Brooklyn. This Saturday, I'm going to be running a pop-up. Every Saturday, actually, this summer, a pop-up featuring a different local home pizza maker making pizza for a donation to a local charity. And that's the whole thing. So slice out hunger. That's the, uh, uh, the focus of a lot of the work.
1: That's great. Has there been a person through your pizza journey that you've met that was especially inspiring to you?
0: There are a lot of people. Anytime you get into something where you have no idea what's going on, like I got into pizza, I have no family who's ever been involved in the pizza industry, no family who's ever been involved in tourism, nonprofits. Like The first time I met, is a pizza maker in Las Vegas called John Arena. And the first time I ever met him, he was teaching a history class, a pizza history class. And I sat and listened to him talk about pizza history. And I thought, well, this guy has a cool perspective. It's kind of a perspective that, that I think I have, but I haven't articulated. His perspective was more about understanding and respecting what came before you so that you can make changes and improve and go beyond. And I remember that day he invited me to a pizza making class at his pizzeria. We've been friends ever since. We talk almost every day. And he's just the kind of person who you can bounce an idea off of, whether it's something like putting beer in the dough, or whether it's something like a topping combination. So he is the definition of the word mentor, and one of the many that I have, but he's my my primary mentor.
1: Hmm. Scott, has there been a compliment that has meant the most to you? It's so hard to
0: think. There, I'm fortunate enough that I've been doing this for 13 years at this point as we speak. And I get emails all the time from people who say, it's not... Something as simple as, oh, my 14-year-old son, who doesn't want to be with me for any moment of the day, took your tour with me. And I saw him smile and interact and uh, and enjoy himself and thank me for it. And that's the first time that that's happened in a long time. When I hear something like that, that's that's amazing because we just create this atmosphere to let people uh, sort of let their guard down and not feel like they have to be that person who they portray themselves to be on social media or in the school or whatever. Uh, so that's a huge compliment. I mean, sometimes I get messages from people who say that they, uh, I mean, I got this email comes to mind right away just a few months ago. Somebody said, you know, I took your tour with the family and my father was with us. And that tour was the last thing we ever did together as a family before he passed. And we, all talk about it with such joy not because of that it was the last time that we all spent together or that it was just the pizza but just the combination and like the positive feeling that everybody got from it those kind of things are just mind boggling and that's that's definitely affected the way that we do the tours my tour guides and i always talk about that what we care most about is that people are having a good time and enjoying themselves what we care the least about is who makes the best pizza
1: because <laughs> it's not about that Do you have a favorite pizza cultural reference? (sighs) Ah, wow. That's a big one.
0: Okay, I have to go with the gut because the first thing that popped into my brain was like my brain kind of flipped through the index and it it like went past Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles kind of that I stopped there mentally, but I really stopped at Fast Times at Ridgemont High and Jeff Spicoli (laughs) ordering the pizza to the classroom because it was the ultimate Ultimate uh, explanation of like what pizza is a youth food, uh, or like a protest food. I'm in a history class. The teacher is a real knob. I ordered a pizza to the class, and I'm the king. Oh my god! Until then, you know the teacher takes it away and starts eating it and gives it away to everybody in the class. Sorry for the spoiler, everybody. It came out like 40 years ago, so (laughs) whatever.
1: Well, Scott, maybe you're not that surprised, but right before we got on, I just was going through in my mind, and I was thinking about a couple of things, and I thought of that scene for you, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How,
0: how good is that? I got to chill down.
1: My,
0: it, if, if anybody has not seen this movie, just what a what a just what a funny like a capturing of a feeling of youth and you know really amazing.
1: I'm going to just go out on a long shot here. And I I wonder, are you familiar with the song called I am a pizza? Yes. (laughs) Okay. Say, say no more.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's like the wheels on the
1: bus. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. It's just, it's like nails on a chalkboard. Sorry.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Is there anything related to pizza or perhaps not related to pizza that you want to do that you haven't done yet.
0: A million things. I I haven't uh, really zeroed in on the pizza making that, that like perfectly fulfills my pizza making goals. I would love to really spend time working in a pizzeria, you know, doing more on the production end of things. I mean, there's a million things. I, when the documentary was being made, I remember, I was kind of uneasy about it because I felt like, geez, you're making this documentary, but I mean, I really haven't been doing this for that long. And I think there's so much more to be done. You know, maybe you wait like 20 more years, 30 more (laughs) years to make it because people think that pizza is just dough, sauce, and cheese, and that even when it's bad, it's good and all this stuff. But really, there's so much more to it, to the understanding of how fermentation works and the respect that you get for the pizza maker once you start making it yourself and you realize how much has gone into it. And I just, I'm not even close to
1: mastery of that. When you think about your perspective, what is the best thing about being Scott Wiener? Ooh, that is a heck of a
0: question. The best thing about being myself I think it's almost impossible to answer that. I, I, I think it's impossible to, to, cause it, it requires kind of like looking from the other side a little bit. And I think the thing that I, I'll tell you the thing that I enjoy most about mm-hmm. what I do is that every, every, the career that I've built up for myself, it has every aspect of it is something that I deeply enjoy. So there's no difference to me between hobby and work. They're the same thing. Making this batch of dough right now is as much a work-related thing as it is something I'm just purely interested in. Tomorrow when I'm at the library doing research for the tour, that's something I love. Entering in receipts, which I have to do after our interview, it's something I don't love. So that's annoying. But everything else is like it's 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 kind of that ultimate dream of that when you wake up that you get out of bed quickly because you're excited about these things that you have on your plate for the day. And you're not afraid of those things. I guess that that's a pretty good thing about this whole setup right now.
1: Well, anybody out there who's interested, I really hope they check out scottspizzatours.com. scottspizzatours.com. I have definitely made plans. I, I, I have to do this at some point. And who knows, maybe I'll shake your hand someday. I hope so. I always like to end the show. I just give the guests the stage. It always amazes me who you can end up reaching. So we don't know who this person is, but for anyone who's tuned in, in closing, what would you say?
0: I feel like simultaneously there's so much to say, but so little that needs to be said. I think the the most important thing I could say, maybe any kind of takeaway from the story that I can tell is... Is just that extreme focus is has led to me being able to essentially eat pizza for a living and <laughs> deeply caring about it. And it seems so goofy, but just remember, take a step back. And whether that's taking a step back and looking at yourself or zooming out and looking at the planet from above, you know, like pretend you're in outer space for a second and think about you know, what, what you're... Purposes, is whether it's based on other people or based on yourself and I, I, I like to try to do everything i possibly can to to improve whether that's a personal thing the next day i want to improve over yesterday or try to leave a room that i was in better than when i came into it which is probably why i'm i always have a broom around i'm always sweeping
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: and it's not an ocd thing i think it's just like a you know you like to have it nice I, I don't know if that makes any sense, but. I just really appreciate the idea of focus and of trying to balance yourself by remembering that there's a big world and a lot of people and we're all here for each other more than we're here for ourselves.
1: Well, Scott, sir, thank you very much for making the time to talk to me. I've really felt inspired watching this documentary and now having a chance to talk to you like this. It's really a thrill. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Paul. I I really love that you decided you want to interview me after you've talked to all these like amazing, amazing musicians and actors. And, and I'm just a person who likes pizza. So I guess there you go. Yeah. You know, maybe one day if you're watching this, maybe one day Paul interview you, if you get really into something and focus on it so much.
1: <laughs> well, you're is into pizza as perhaps Woody Allen is into making movies or, uh, you know, I don't know. <laughs> your, your your passion is, is... I love passionate people. And you have that as much as Jerry Lee Lewis loves to play the piano. <laughs> Two interesting characters that you just brought up right there. Indeed.
0: <laughs> yeah. A lot, lot, lot of talent, a lot of problems.
1: <laughs> I didn't mean it like that, okay. <laughs>
0: I I know, but... so so, so always on the mind lately and uh but anyway i appreciate and clearly you're so into talking to people and interviewing people the questions that you ask are deep and now i totally understand why why you have such great guests that you got
1: well thank you scott i appreciate that
0: thank you been my pleasure
1: until next time thanks a lot yes sir
0: i gotta wash the dried dough off my hands (laughs) <laughs>
1: That's
0: super fun. poop, the the believe Goodbye.